All right, here we are, episode 11 of Fantasy Baseball Camp. We got everybody here at the camp tonight. Tonight, we are going to get into the rookie check-in. Uh, 2023 rookie check-in, whether they started up on opening day or have already gotten the call before the month of May here. Um, we got the whole camp, Will, Wes, Tommy. Tommy, how you doing tonight, man? I'm doing good. I've been staying really active looking at rookies and looking at prospects and so I'm really excited for this episode. If that can bring a lot to the table. Yeah, I think it's something we all, all, all four of us here love. Um, if you probably look at our league, we're the ones who are active in these type of players. Uh, Wes, how you doing tonight, man? Man, doing great. Love, <laughs> I, I love the young guys, man. Uh, I, I love talking about them. It's always the potential, and uh, Wes loves like the boys. Talking about like, yeah, man. I like talking about what the player, the type of player they could be. So. This one is always fun. All right. And lastly, Will, what's going on, man? Yeah, doing good. And I, I agree. It's a fun time when, you know, people are starting to get the call, you know, seeing who's going to produce, who's been producing, that, that sort of thing. It's a fun time right now. It's fun to see you, the potential of these guys listed, knowing what they are doing, been doing for in the minor leagues. And they get the call and you're wondering, is it going to translate? Because – I would say less do than more do, right? Yeah, absolutely. I would so, agree. All with right. That. So let's let's jump right in then. Um, I think to start the year, the one two was Corbin Carroll and Gunnar Henderson. Um, how how would you think those guys are performing right now, Wes? Um, you know, Gunnar has obviously been a little bit of a disappointment. Um. His strikeout rate right now is at 30%. Um, he's hitting 182. So I would say it's been a pretty decent disappointment for Gunner right now. But, I mean, he's the type of guy that he could really turn it on in May. Um, he's just uberly talented, man. I love watching this guy play. He's got all the tools. So it track record kind of speaks for itself in the minor leagues. So I, I, I'm not worried about him yet. Um, if we get into later stages of May and he's still sub 220, like I might be worried then. Um, he really has to fix the strikeouts, though. You know, a, a 30% strikeout rate is uh, it's a little high. And, you know, and with some of the other rookies on the list, 30, 30% strikeout rate is kind of common for them. But I think once they figure out what pitchers are doing to them and they make an adjustment, you know, that's that's when they can you can start seeing their strikeout rate drop on-base percentage goes up and, uh, you know, average typically goes up as well. Yeah. Let me let me uh, list the top 10 preseason rookie power rankings according to MLB.com. It's one, Corbin Carroll, two, Gunnar Henderson, three, Jordan Walker, four, Kodai Senga, five, Mashataka Yoshida, six, Anthony Volpe, seven, Tristan Casas, eight, Josh Young, nine, Miguel Vargas, and ten, Esquil Esquil. Esquil Tovar. Did I say that right? Ezekiel. 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 That's how you, that's not how you spell Ezekiel, is it? It's a different way of spelling Eze- Ezekiel. Yeah. Ezekiel Wes Tovar. got it right though. Yeah, well, I, I, I know he did. But that's <laughs> yeah. That's the I'd preseason say, top ten. I'd say just hearing that list, it's probably about a fifty percent success rate of like, yeah, this guy's serviceable isn't pretty yeah. good, and like a ten percent success rate on I got a I got myself a stud. Yeah. You think it's just fifty percent? You said, yeah. I didn't, I didn't. You know, it's not a perfect science, but half those names, I was like, eh, they've not been really good. Yeah, I think. Or good at all. 
is there a rookie on this that's not on this list of the top 10 that you think is doing better than some of them? Yeah, James I think, yeah, Tom James Allen is the, yeah. the name that stands out. I picked him out on yeah. a whim just because I needed an outfielder, and Altman has been yeah. fantastic. He's hitting 290, 382 on base, and a 598 slug. Now he's playing yeah. over his and head. Let's uh, be honest, yeah. he just has like one of the best baseball names there is. I mean, even his his babit his babit batting average on balls and plays is 407. Yeah, which tells you he's due for regression. He's he's hitting way over his head, um, but he's. Ride well. it while you got it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's he's hitting the ball. He's barreling it. Hard contact. Exit velocities are all great. He's hitting the ball hard. Um, he's doing everything you want. He strikes out way too much. He's got a 33% strike error rate. West was just saying that's too high. So that needs to come down. But, you know, I've in a category, it's fantastic. And a point's hurting you a little bit more. Um, but his, 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 even his expected numbers are still fantastic. I mean, his next web is 150 points better than league average <laughs> it's hard to be that's that's top percent in the league yeah so yeah um, you mentioned that he had a high strikeout rate how about then mashitaka yoshida whose walk to strikeout ratio is actually inverse to what you'd expect he's got more walks than strikeouts he's at 11.3 yeah. percent walks and 9.6 percent k talk about a guy who's got an eye yeah, and he's been pretty awesome, especially in the last what Tommy week or so, like about two, two weeks, weeks. Two, two, three yeah, weeks. Two weeks. Like, he's been on fire. The the transition from Japan is very difficult. It's a different game over there. The environments they all play in yeah. domes. Most games here outside. The velocities, the, the pitch break, um, but you can nail it. His eye at the plate is what what has been the key. He's always been a walk more than strikeout type of guy. He's always been a power, decent power hitter. Twenty five home runs. The Red Sox just weren't sure how it would translate. They gave him $90 million over five years. They thought it would be pretty good. The first couple of weeks were slow, as expected. But since then, he's been better than Aaron Judge. So you tell me who made the better deal. <laughs> good for the Red Sox and signing him. And I don't know. I guess people that typically transition from Japan – like you guys tell me if you agree or not, but I feel like their strikeout rates are typically higher because the velocity over there isn't as common. I mean, I guess you, you get your guys like you, you Darvish's, your Shohei Otani's, your, um, I forget the guy that pitched in the world baseball classic that are 98, 99, but I don't feel like it's as common in Japan as it is in the MLB. It it wasn't the last couple of years, up until the last couple of years. Velocity's picked up a lot in Japan. There's international guys that come over, arms are getting faster. So I think when we think of like guys who didn't transition well, we're thinking of early 2000s, 2010 era. Yeah. And the velocity wasn't there. But the last couple of years, you look at, no, MLB is still throwing harder, but you have plenty of guys who hit 95, 96 in Japan now. Yeah. Yeah. So moving then into of that list um, of preseason rookies, next guy is Jordan Walker, number three on the list. Um, I think we uh, we've we've voiced our frustration in previous podcasts. Um, we don't know what the Cardinals are doing, um, but once he gets the call, should we expect the same from the guy? Expect him to be good. Yeah, I expect. I mean. Uh... I know it was only April, but I still 
had they not sent him down, I still would say he might be a favorite for rookie of the year in the NL. Over Corbin Carroll. I would, yeah. Because Jordan Walker is more of a power bat, isn't he? A bit more he power was, than but he was, Walker was. He, he was also stealing bases. I'll, I'll look it up. I'm pretty sure he had... Uh... Neither of the guys he you had, just mentioned... Had... Neither of the guys you mentioned won April Rookie of the Year. Rookie of the Month. Who won James April Outman. Rookie of the Month? Oh, yeah. James we, yeah, we, ta- we, we talked about how James Outman is the was... number one guy right now. Yeah, but I, you yeah. said you think he'd be Rookie of the Year. Carroll's Carol's weeks are more consistent, though, if you look at him scoring-wise. He's gone 33, 20, 20, 22, and then, of course, he's hurt this week. I like yeah, the consistency there a little better for a fantasy perspective. Agreed. And the production across the board he's going to give you. Agreed. Right, and that's, that's kind of nice of a, a guy who's not homer-reliant um, yeah. to give you your points on a fantasy week basis, like, like a Rowdy Telez. If he doesn't homer in the week – Probably not happy week with Ryan Tellez. Yeah. But, yeah, Jordan Walker, he had two stolen bases and 73 at-bats. So. By the way, Jordan Walker is currently hitting 158 at AAA. I mean, like, what he, do you think he goes down because he's now pissed, you know, that, hey, I was I don't hitting know. 274? It, it, if I was in his shoes, I feel like I, it would be very hard for me to uh, just to kind of swallow that pill, you know, and just go down and, and work and get better. Like, it would be pretty hard because I, I would have felt like I earned it, you know what I mean? Because he kind of did. He didn't have a reason to be sent down. He was hitting 274. I mean, I I don't know. I... Yeah. Are you Are you – would you buy low on Jordan Walker right now? If you're in a league like ours where I can keep him in my minors, yeah, I probably would. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure. I'm not. I'm not. I'm going to look into that. I need to. I'm not sure what you'd have. What you'd have to. What kind of play you'd be giving up for a minor league player who would be up close? That, that's a tough yeah, trade discussion. The more relevant conversation that was in a redraft league, but most people are in. What do you? What do you do? Do you drop him? Do you trade for him? You don't know when he's come back. I assume it'd be three weeks, but not if he's playing bad. Yeah, right, Tommy. Right, that's, that's tough. I feel like his confidence might be ruined at this point, man. Like, God. Well, even Maybe if he can... comes back up, is he going to get the playing time still? They, they, unless they trade yeah. Tyler O'Neill, someone goes down injured. Outfield was crowded there, super crowded. And they have a terrible manager. I actually saw a tweet. They thought that the Cardinals' manager was going to be fired this week. Mall. I saw that about yeah. the the press conference. Yeah, yeah, but Man. I think Coach Aber that made. I mean, that kind of makes your decision right there, yeah. right? It's like there's a crowded outfield. Even if he does come back up, there's no guarantee of playing time. So until the Cardinals make a move, like I would either try and trade or drop Jordan Walker. Maybe yeah, if I, you're assuming you're if you're assuming they're filling the utility spot, you can drop Jordan Walker and pick up Matt Mervis, who just got the call. Are you confident in any Cardinals outfielder right now to start them on a regular basis? Newt Bar. I think Newt Bar's good. Is he playing every day, though? For the most part. I think he sat one game against a lefty. But then with that crowded outfield, that's that's pretty good. He went four for five today or yesterday. I mean, he's, he's hitting well. He's walking a ton. Yeah. So. I still. Um, we talked about Yoshida. 
Kodai Senga is number four on the preseason list. He's not doing bad, but he's not off to like an ace. But you don't ex- you didn't expect him to be an ace. You expect yeah. him to be a middle rotation guy, and I think he's doing that for the Mets right now. He's probably their most reliable pitcher right now in in that Mets rotation. Um, do you guys expect? Is this what you expected? Are you expecting it forward? Anything better? What's his command been like? Typically, it takes the, the Japanese guys a little bit to adjust to the new ball. No, I'm not. I'm not sure. He's got 18 walks, 30, 32 strikeouts to 18 walks currently. Ooh, yeah, that's not, that's a, not that's, good. That's high. Yeah, that's not a great. lot of walks. Yeah. Yeah, I think Senga has been a little underwhelming for what the Mets expected and what they paid for him. He's been fine. I'm not sure what his overall stat line is. I'm trying to get to that right now. But uh, let's see. I want to believe that he's going to have more to show. I think he'll get better. Um, he's been a little underwhelming. 415 ERA, a 158 whip. He's got one quality start and five starts. Yeah. It, eh, but New great. York also yeah. has been playing good ball. True. Yeah, New York hasn't been great. Y'all try not to say that with such a big smile on your face. <laughs> Neither New York team has been playing yeah, good well, ball. I'm going to need Lindor to pick it up a little bit, all right? He's hitting 216. <laughs> That's true. So, so from one New York team to the next, Anthony Volpe. Um, he, I think, got the got the opening day start. And uh, I think he was pretty um, disappointing in that first week that some people might have quickly given up on him on, on that quick week one. Um How's he looking yeah. now after the first month? I, it's getting better. I hope that people didn't give up on Volpe yet. Um, if you dropped him in your league, like I, I probably understand it. But, man, I we do this thing every year in fantasy where we're like, oh, the next big thing, the next big thing. Anthony Volpe is the next big thing. Jordan Walker is the next big thing, right? And we really buy into and we convince ourselves that they're going to be great. And they come out week one or week two and they struggle and we're like, oh, God, what do I do now? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, I think Volpe is the type of player you just got to give time. The Yankees are giving him opportunities, whereas the Cardinals are not giving Jordan Walker opportunities. So um, I, I think you kind of have to buy into Volpe, you know, and we'll say it again until the Yankees stop giving him opportunities. Volpe has just as many points as Trey Turner but in 30 less at-bats. I don't think that's a fair comparison. Trey Turner's been horrible. But I will say Volpe's Volpe's batting 221, 221, 325. What's the investment you made? A first-round pick with Trey Turner, and you could have got Volpe as a last-round pick. Well, maybe not last. Oh, but they're still playing, both playing equally terrible. I think think the point of it is Volpe's going to turn it around. He's going to pick it up. Just like we think Trey Turner will. Um, The curve is just... The expectations are lower, but the curve is higher for Volpe versus Turner. Yeah. If Turner comes out next week and hits 400 and he's on his way the rest of the season, that's not a surprise. If Volpe does that, you're like, "Mm, that's a pretty big jump pretty quickly, right? Yeah. Yeah. So let's go to the crosstown rival then. Uh, Red Sox on this list. Tristan Casas, big bat that the Red Sox were really hoping to add to that lineup to (laughs) on the other side of Devers. Let's go right. Let's go right into that red shirt, Tommy, right there. Tommy, what's going on with Tristan Casas? Uh, man, he's pressing. He's he's making a lot of weak contact. Um, Do you think they expected in... too much out of him? He put too much pressure on his own shoulders because he was crushing it in AAA, wasn't he? 
killed in triple a killed in spring training he had a really good finish the year last year i think he's coming around the last couple games he's been better but i i don't know what to say i mean he's just not making good contact he's striking out a lot which is not his profile um he just hasn't found he hasn't found his the the right nail polish color that's what it is yeah he'll he'll get there he he's not rosterable right now maybe by the end of the year that's that's opinion change i hate to say that but Right, he's still he's still because of the potential he has of the home run and hit tool. You still have him on your scout team, on your scout team only though. I need to look. I think there are other other guys more valuable of a bench bench spot. I think he has the lowest qualified batting average. It's not the lowest, but pretty. He's at one fifty seven right now. Yeah, and his expected is one seventy nine, so it's not any better. He's still walking with a twenty eight percent. Strikeout rate, sixteen percent walk rate, but his quality contact is just really bad. Really yeah, maybe bad. when the when the weather heats up, Casas will figure it out. Um, did he play? Did he play at all last year in twenty twenty two? Did he come yeah. up? Yeah, he did. Yeah, he had ninety five plate appearances. So maybe this is his sophomore slump, where guys kind of figured him out from that first month a little bit. Yeah, you gotta hope. Yeah, and going back to like guys like. Gunnar Henderson too, right? Where they came up last year, and maybe there's a book out on them in the MLB. And you know, over the month of April, they're getting attacked in different ways at the plate that they probably haven't been before. Right. So you know, maybe that's when and this is their opportunity to kind of try and figure it out, right? This is where the best players come out, the best prospects, yeah. the ones who face adversity and come out on the other end strong. They, they're able to come out and actually beat the adversity. That's the true yeah. great players. Yeah, I mean, that's a great point, right? Because, Mike, in, for fantasy purposes, when a guy really struggles, like a, a Gunnar Henderson, and then let's say he turns it on in May, you're like, oh, he's here, right? Like, he's here to stay now. Right, right. Yeah, my my last comment in Costas, and I watch a lot of Red Sox games, obviously, so I see a lot of, a lot of his at-bats. One, he gets squeezed a lot. He's very patient at the plate with a 16% walk rate, as you can see, but I think he's too too patient. He He's letting a lot of close calls go, which in on the metrics and, and per the, the automated strike zone, it's, it's a ball, and he gets called a strike a lot. But he's also not being aggressive enough. He's taking a lot of walks. I think he just needs to swing a little bit more, um, and maybe that'll help him run, in, run into a couple balls and, and get his, his confidence back. So okay, let's let's move into another one of Tommy's players, Josh Young, um, having a little bit. He's number eight on the preseason. I think he's probably closer to. Uh, he's definitely probably in the top five of these rookies that we've listed, right, Tommy? Yeah, I, I put a lot of faith in him. I traded away Jose Ramirez for Juan Soto, and in, in the hopes that Josh Young would be my uh, everyday third baseman. And as soon as the trade was made, I kind of regretted it. He had a pretty bad week, and whatever last week or so he's been been a lot better he's got a ton of swing and miss in his game he's much more better for more better however he's currently the seventh ranked third baseman in fantasy baseball yeah and in a points league that's that's surprising with his strikeout rate at 33 percent almost so in categories because he's probably way up there playing with the rangers ton of counting stats a lot of rbis 24 rbis days last 14 days he is the one two three four fifth overall third baseman so he could be heating up yeah he he swings and misses a lot, but when he makes contact, it goes far. Um, it's only eight home runs. I mean, it's, I say only in April. It's, that's fantastic. But um, he hits the ball. He hits, hits the ball hard. 
Um, he just swings, swings and misses a lot. So if he cleans that up, I think he'll get better at the plate in college. He wasn't a power hitter. He was, he was known for his contact. He those first low, low strikeout rate. And so I think they'll meet in the middle somewhere. He's just selling out for power right now. And I'm pretty excited for his future to have him for the next three years. So who would you rather, who would you rather own rest of season? Josh Young, Bobby Witt, uh, Alex Bregman, or, or, uh, Justin Turner, four guys there. Turner at the bottom. Bregman probably at the top and Witt and Young, maybe a tie. Bregman's just got a lot of pedigree. I think he's, he'll be fine. He's going to bounce back from what he's, he's doing slow. Will, what you got? I'm probably the same. I'd go Bregman first. I'd rather have him the most, obviously. And then I'd still say Witt second, just based on just more sample size, I guess. And, you know, the potential of steel bags and other stuff. And then Young and then definitely Turner last there. Yeah, I'm I'm, Bre- there. I'm same. I'm Bregman, Witt, Young, Turner, just because Bobby Witt has eight stolen bases, strikes out less, um, has the the – the five tools there. Uh, Wes, what you think? Yeah. Yeah. I'd agree with that. Um, Bregman, Witt, Young and Turner. I would, I would, I would comp Young to Austin Riley. Like, I feel like their mm-hmm. games are, are pretty similar. Um, I'll take that. I think, <laughs> Because I remember when Austin Riley came up, you know, when he first came up, he was striking out like 30, 35% of the time. Um, he was striking out on sliders a lot away. and But he was still hitting just mammoth home runs. And it took him about a year. And like that year too, man, you really found out the player he was going to be. I think Josh Young's that type of guy where he's going to have a decent year this year. But next year and the year after, you're, you're going to see some MVP type votes. So if you took the top 12 third basemen, all but three have double-digit walks. The only three that don't have double-digit walks is Devers, Young, and Witt. Everyone else has double-digit walks, so just showing a little bit more patient of third basemen. I'll take Devers. Yeah. I know that wasn't the question, but before you even ask it. All right, let's move to our next player on the list. Number nine of the preseason is Miguel Vargas. Uh, Will, you want to jump on to Miguel Vargas here? Is he giving the numbers you expected for preseason? I would say not at first, but in the in terms of the last two weeks, yes. I mean, I didn't expect him to come out and give, you know, 25-plus a week, but that 18 to low 20s range, you know, that's solid production, you know, coming in from that. And like I said, he's walked at an elite rate. You know, he gets on base a lot, has a good eye. So once some of these hits start falling, those doubles start falling, contributes a little bit in the RBIs category, you know, if I can get that 18 to 22 point range, you know, I'd be absolutely pleased with that, you know, from a right. utility guy. And like, like I think you mentioned it before, but having second base eligibility and with that one potentially being a thin spot, you know, it could help out. Right. But I, but I like it so far, what I've gotten, you know, if it keeps trending like it has the last two weeks, especially. Especially if you didn't spend a lot, like Tommy's been pushing up. You don't spend a lot of money on these rookies. Um, most of them you don't. Mm. Um, so you don't have to expect much, but you also are probably having them in your starting role if it, with this kind of pedigree. Um, so that's at least 
the hard part is you didn't spend a lot, but you are relying on them. Yeah. Planning for some production at some point. Yeah. They're hoping for it. <clears throat> so number 10 on our list is Ezekiel Tovar of the Rockies, a shortstop who uh, didn't was looking more like a glove first guy until last year when he really broke out in power at double A. Uh, that's when I looked up and picked him up uh, late last year when we saw that breakout in power. And I think it's still there, but I think he's one of those guys that needs a couple of years to really find his tools to make a fantasy impact. Um, It's only 21. Yeah. 21 years old. I think I don't, I don't don't know if they rushed him, but I think they just wanted, they said, we're not going to win this year. We'll let you figure things out at the major league level since you're crushing double A. I still think he has the, the, the tool the speed, the hit tool, but I would not, I would not be putting him into my starting lineup. I might not, I don't think I'd own him at this point. He just now hit his first home run. Um, West Tommy, any thoughts on Tovar? Yeah. I, if you have a spot where you can keep in in a minors, I, I would. Um, but other than that, I don't know that he's rosterable. Just among qualified rookies right now, I think he's fourth worst in weighted runs created. And, you know, look, just to put this in perspective, like he had 23 plate appearances at AAA. That's it. So, um, you know, you mentioned potentially rushing him. That's a guy where he could have potentially been rushed a little bit. um, But the Rockies let him figure it out in, in the big leagues, or at least have so far. Um, so, you know, at this point, I feel like they probably would have sent him back at this point if they weren't going to allow him to stay. Right. Exactly. I don't like, I don't know that they have a better option at shortstop anyways. He's great defensively. So, you know, Hey, let him figure it out at the big leagues. Um, but you know, for fantasy purposes, I just don't think he's relevant. Right. Yeah. I think you hope for that, you know, the Colorado shortstop. You know, they've had some luck with some guys coming up in the past, you know, through the system like Tulo and Story. You know, you kind of hope yeah. for hope for that, the Coors effect, and just those guys being great ball players in general. But All right, so here's a couple guys that have uh, did not make the list. I think the two I want to highlight is Hunter Brown and Grayson Rodriguez. They weren't in the top ten for preseason. Um I think I think Wes Wes you own Hunter Brown in fantasy leagues and I think I you're do. pleasantly happy with Hunter Brown at this point. Yeah, I'm very very happy with him so far. He, his last start was shaky, wasn't great, um, but he's been um, everything and more as far as the amount I invested in him. I got him for I think two dollars. You know, in a redraft league, that's going to be like your third to last pick. So. Um, for a guy that's SPARP eligible and, you know, at this point it looks like he's probably going to retain a rotation spot. I drafted Hunter Brown with the expectation that he was going to be my second reliever for probably the first four weeks. And I would have to find a reliever at that point in time. Like that was my plan going in. Um, But he's been really good. So at this point, you know, I don't think I'm going to change him for anything. Um, unless he has two or three weeks worth of just really bad starts. But honestly, his stuff is really good. I don't really – and he plays for a good team with the Astros, so hopefully he can maintain what he's uh, what he's got so far and the hot start in April. Yeah. 
And that second guy listed there, Grayson Rodriguez, I think everyone knows the story on him, the top overall pitching prospect in all of baseball. Um, if you own him, I wouldn't let him go. I would continue seeing, playing, playing those strong matchups, and I think he will produce for you eventually. I think he'll figure it out. Um, we have a couple guys who just recently got the call that have been trying to make their impressions already. Um, Tommy, you want to list off, uh, I think, the the – other minor league pitcher of the year last year, or the let me just hand it over to Tommy for Brandon Fat. Yeah, Brandon Fat was minor league pitcher of the year. I don't remember what league it was, but I think it he led, he led the league in, in strikeouts, and he was just absolutely fantastic. And the hype was pretty much at the roof. If you if you follow fantasy on Twitter, everybody was talking about him two weeks leading up with Mad Bum getting up or DFA, and a couple other guys got sent down. Dre Jameson, and it was fought, 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 fought twenty four seven. And then Tommy Henry, what the heck? Yeah, Tommy Henry came up. But he did finally get the call. He started last Wednesday or a couple days ago. I don't remember when, but... Yeah, um, last week. A couple days ago. And it was against the Dodgers, I believe. So it wasn't the easiest lineup, but he went 4.2 innings, 7 earned runs, 9 hits, 1 walk, 3 strikeouts. So that's nothing that you want to see. That line is not as bad as it makes it sound. It was really all done in the fourth inning. Up until that, he was doing really well. The strikeouts weren't there. I think he had like one or two runs through three innings, three strikeouts, and then it just fell apart. Uh, no, it was Texas. That's who it was. Um, who's not the lineup you want to mess with right now. They've been very good. Josh Young actually hit two home runs off of him. So rookie hitting a rookie. Um, I think it'll be fine. It was a horrible first matchup, unlike Bryce Miller, who we talked about in another episode, who had the A's, which is about as good of a matchup as you can get. And so let's meet the debut. middle. Yeah, fought, fought to get an easier matchup and Miller get a harder matchup and see where those guys line up. Yeah, so Bryce Miller, another another uh, pitching prospect, prospect that's been called up. Taj Bradley was called up, looked good, and now the Rays are playing games with him. Um, and then Mason Miller of the A's, a high strikeout flamethrower. Um, that would be... Uh, a great fantasy asset if he was on any other team. Where do you guys rank those four? Fat, Miller, Bradley, and Miller? I think Mason Miller is at the bottom, given the eight, the team he plays on. His stuff is really good, but he'll, he'll get no run support and he's not going to win. So just by default, he has to be at the bottom. And we're talking fantasy um, here. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, fantasy value. Um, I had Tosh higher until he started getting – hit pretty hard in AAA, and I had no idea what the Rays are going to do. So today, I think he's going to be third on that list. And and I don't know. Bryce Miller was was fantastic, but I'm trying to calm my expectations with him and get not get too hyped up. Anybody who gets perfect through five in their debut, it's, it's easy not to. I think I'd still go five one, Miller two, Bradley three, Mason Miller four. But I think that could change so quickly. What you got to think, Wes? Yeah, I, I think I might swap Taj and uh, Bryce Miller there. Um, I, I don't disagree with Tommy on this stuff. I just – and I do agree about the Rays just doing weird things, man, like Taj, sending Taj Bradley down when they have a spot where he can pitch. Um, I At some point in time, the, the Rays are going to give Taj Bradley an opportunity to actually stick in the rotation, and he's going to. Um, and I, I just feel like the Rays are a really good team. So if he does get the opportunity to start, you know, 18, 20 games this year, um, I think he, he will have the opportunity to be really good. So 
Um, Bryce Miller, I loved his stuff. I just need to see more of him. Um, I, I saw Taj pitch a lot in the minor leagues. I just haven't seen Bryce Miller pitch very much in 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 the minor leagues. So I, I can't really say with confidence that I would trust him more than than Taj. But uh, Mason Miller is pretty confidently at the bottom of that list for me, though. So Wes, let me just one thing. To, now I, I agree with your assessment 100%. Taj is the better pitcher. I've seen more. I'm more confident with him today. Bryce Miller has a job and it's and it's a consistent job and Taj Bradley does not. So that's why I rank him higher if someone needs help today. But if, if Taj was up, Taj would 100% be probably at the top of this list, not not number 3 for me. If you're looking yeah, yeah if you're looking I'm, long longer yeah. term, not necessarily even longer term, but if you say you have a rotation but you're looking just to grab to be active in the league and still watch for guys who you could add to your roster for the future. Um I it's it's that type of deal or if you need help next week. So, Will, can you argue with that? Thought Miller, Bradley Miller? I'm on, I think I'm on the same page as Wes with it. Like I said, they're kind of all interchangeable there. But um, like Tommy said, if you need someone, you know, for this coming week, I would agree that Bryce Miller there, obviously, because he has a job and look good his first start. But um, if we're talking rest of the season, I like Taj up there um, just with how good the Rays are. Really, and he looked good in his first three starts was three and zero. So I like him long term up there. But like I said, if you're looking for this week, you know, put Bryce ahead of him, obviously. But see, I, I have a little bit more, and this is biased because I a little bit biased because I own him. But Mason Miller shut down a a good Seattle offense through seven innings, um, and struck out I forget how many. Um, so again, I might disagree with that. The word "good." Keep, keep going. The, a keep good going. Seattle team. Okay, so uh, he, he... I would say that Seattle has one, two hitters over two forty right now. Every other hitter in their lineup is two twenty or less. Going perfect through seven is very too. hard. Perfect through uh, seven J- is very difficult to do, regardless yeah. of the team. Right. So I have a little. I, I'm not. I'm not. I'm probably not going to argue with your guys' order. I'm gonna, probably going to go Fat Bradley, Mason Miller, then Bryce Miller. Um, just because I've seen Mason Miller through a couple starts, and he has been that good through three starts. Um, but so how about let's get into guys then who maybe haven't been big names that you guys think you should be, we should be picking up at this point. Um, I know Gavin Stone did just get called up. BB's been called up. Um, Louis Varland just got called up. So how about those three? Where do you rank Varland, Gavin Stone, and Tanner Bybee? Tanner, Tanner Bybee is for me the, the top of that list, not only because I think he's the best pitcher in the list, but Zach Plesak just got options. So that opens up a spot for him or for Bobby or Logan Allen. Um, and maybe both. There's still going to be some rotation, but Tanner Bobby's been fantastic. Two good starts. So he's the top of the list. Louis Varlin probably at the bottom. Gavin Stone has great hype and great pedigree, but really bad first start. Four innings, five, five runs, eight hits, two walks. I mean, that's just poor. It was facing the Phillies. And they're tough, but I think he'll be fine. I'm not sure he'll stick around. It's the only problem. Um, Dodgers love to play games, and I think he's going to come up and come back down. So, what do you think's think is harder, 
a pitching debut or a hitting debut? It's got to be pitching, right? You're all you're in control of the game. Yeah. You're out there, everyone's staring. Yeah, so. yeah, you're you're expected to do well. If a pitcher goes or a hitter goes one for four, you're like, yeah, not a bad. You got to hit. Here's a yeah, ball. So if you if you have a spot for these guys, I would not be letting them go based off their first debuts. Um, if they get sent back down, then maybe reconsider your options. Um, but these guys are all highly regarded, prove, proven track records. High, probably most of them are high strikeout guys, which is very valuable in fantasy. Even if they only go five innings and get you eight strikeouts, that's twenty points. So um, then, there's a couple of names we have listed of guys who haven't been called up, but are probably close. Um, Tommy, you want to go through that? I think we have two names there. Yeah, Yuri Perez um, is another name. He's just been dominating Double A. He's ready for Triple A or or the MLB. Not sure when the Marlins are going to call him up. I, I would assume it's a midseason call up, but he's been absolutely fantastic. And Braxton um, Garrett keeps getting hit. Yeah, yeah, he does. So it'd be an easy one to go back down. I would, <laughs> I would much rather Yuri Perez if I was a general manager than Braxton Garrett. What I see right now, um, Xavier Edwards, not a pitcher, but a, a position player. We've been talking a lot about pitchers. Um, just got called up for Miami. We'll see how that plays out. One on the opposite side of that was Oscar Colas with the White Sox. Just got optioned back down. Um, not been playing well. Nobody for the White Sox has. So that's unfortunate to see that. There was a lot of hype around him. And then the final guy, um, I'll, I'll let you have that one, Burns. So we, what Tommy means is Mash Mervis finally has gotten the call and the Cubs can stop suffering Oh. By letting Eric Hosmer play first base and hit D or hit DH for them, Mash Mervis is an undrafted free agent out of the shortened 2020 season. Um, so maybe the Cubs got a little, you know, sneaky draft pick there in 2020 because it was only five rounds that year. Am I right? Yeah, and it so, was. I think it was five. Since was the guy, guy, the guy got drafted, he hit at every single level last year. Single A, he got promoted double A, kept doing it. Like, okay, maybe we'll see triple A. No, the dude kept hitting. Um, he hit in spring training. He has been hitting in triple A this year. Um, he only has first base eligibility, but he does have, we do have utility slots in fantasy baseball. Um, if you play in, a, in an expanded league where you have corner infield slots, like first, third, um, I think this guy's a must-add um, of the power potential that he has. So I got and, one, one more I want to add to that. Sure, go for it. Matthew Libertor. Matthew I'm going to read off. I'm going to read off the St. Louis rotation to you guys right now. And uh, before I do that, I'm going to read you Libertor's stats at AAA. So. He's made five, uh, six starts. He's got a 2-1-4 ERA, 33 innings pitched. Um, he's got exactly a one whip, and he's striking out 12 per nine at AAA right now. He has walked 12 in 33 innings, right? So here's the St. Louis rotation. Jack Flaherty, who got shelled uh, today. Shelled. Shelled. Yeah. Uh, Jordan Montgomery, who's been pretty good. Uh, Miles Michaelis, Adam Wainwright, and Steven Matz. Would you rather have Libertor than Steven Matz? I think anybody would have Libertor over that. And Libertor would would finally love to stop pitching so many AAA innings. Yeah. 
Right. I, and I'd rather have him than Adam Wainwright, too. So I, I don't know what the Cardinals are doing, but maybe they're trying to get some more service time out of him. Uh, I'm not sure. I don't see a reason why he's not in the big league rotation right now. I know we talk about how hard coming up and pitching is, <clears throat> but it would not surprise me if when he gets the call, he's the best pitcher on that staff. Right. He's got but the yeah. pedigree for it. He's had Bavari's, it for since he he's had the pedigree since he was drafted and he dominated single A. Um it's yeah, the bar the bar is low, I will say that. But uh he, he's really good too. Yeah, now that Matt Mervis is up, we can free Matt Libertor. So if so I I'm gonna add one last guy and it's uh for the Rays. It's Rays' Kyle Manzardo. Um the guy is crushing it in triple A. Hitting th- slugging five ninety eight. Um, Yande Diaz is currently manning first base, but he can also play third. And per- as Isaac Paredes is playing third base, who I think could move to a utility slash bench role more and slide D- Diaz back over to third. And I think that makes the Rays lineup even better. Uh, have you guys looked at Manzardo at all? Yeah, here and there. His track record. Taylor Walls is also wandering that infield too. <laughs> I have no idea what the Rays are ever going to do. So you kind of like go around the Rays infield, and they're not like major names for them to be dominating the way they are. Wander Franco, maybe, but outside of that, you know, Randy Randy's been great in the outfield, but in their infield, it's like Josh, Josh Lowe. Lowe. Josh Lowe is uh, platooning. Yeah, like. So, all right, let's, and they stick to it. So, you guys, you guys interested in picking one one of these prospects? Who you think is going to be the the best prospect for the month of May? The pitchers, pitchers wise. Any any of them. I'm gonna, who's your uh, Who's your pitcher for the month of May, or your prospect for the month of May, or rookie? Sorry, rookie for the month of May. This is our rookie. My batter, season. my batter is Masataka Yoshida. I think he's going to carry it. Be the the MVP, not MVP, the Rookie of the Year, and I think Bryce Miller. And I'm biased there. I think his stuff is electric. I want to keep seeing him pitch, and I think he's going to be really good too. Plus, he's got a job. Not all these guys do. Yeah. All right, Wes. I'm going to go on a limb here and say, could I sing a figures it out? And he kind of turns the corner. That might be that might be a cop out. He's not necessarily a, a rookie. Uh, but, you know, pitter-wise, I think Corbin Carroll is just going to carry through what he's been doing um, uh, into May. So I think Corbin Carroll is probably going to be my guy for May. Let's call it Kodak Singer. If you need a, if you need another rookie outside of that, I'll say Grayson Rodriguez probably in the next few starts <laughs> starts figuring it out. All right, Will, uh, your, pros- your rookie of the month? Corbin Carroll. For sure, I just like I like his consistency. Like if you look at his points, like a couple of these guys, like yeah, Altman's been great, but he's got two really high weeks and you know three eleven point weeks. Carols are all at at twenty. I just like that consistency. Someone you can rely on more. Yeah, you're, you're not scared to. I mean, I, I own Altman in another league, and I like him too. I just I, I like the consistency a little better with Carroll out of those guys. Um, the guy I. Guy I mind is Brett Beatty. I think he's finally getting the playing time. I think you see it clicking all of a sudden. I think he's hit two home runs in the last week. Um, and that's what the Mets want him there for. 
uh, maybe Verlander and Serger coming back, the whole team coming back. Um, and then can Beatty just can be a regular in that lineup. So what about, so do this. We'll do a friendly competition. You guys, I need a pitcher each from you guys. You guys give me Carol and Beatty. Give me a pitcher and the winner who has the most combined points out of your two rookies. Maybe gets a bottle. Of oh, well, if I'm going to do that, I might go back to Corbin Carroll though. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's too late. You locked in. So uh, I'll go Beatty and Kodai Senga. Senga. Am I allowed to pick the same people? Yeah, we can pick the same. You've people. already picked Wes Senga Carroll. Oh, so as long as Will doesn't pick Carroll Senga as well, I was going to pick Hunter Brown. <laughs> I mean, I'll take Hunter Brown. Brown. So. We'll so there you go. We'll look at bit. We'll we'll recap our. We'll do another rookie episode at the end of the month of May and see uh, where these rookies are standing at then. But other than that, this has been episode eleven, our rookie check-in episode. The whole camp was here. Um, if you enjoyed this, you have more questions about rookies. Hit us up on Instagram, bnb underscore west, b underscore bnb underscore lombard. BNB underscore co-shaver and BNB underscore burns. Um, I think all of us are on Twitter. Will, are you on Twitter? Uh, I will be this week. I'll get it rolling. All right. He'll get it rolling. Uh, I know fantasy baseball is hot on Twitter. Um, so expect to find us there. Shoot us direct questions on Instagram. And um, other than that, we'll catch you guys on the next episode.